Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He just got there, rabbits. Boy, howdy, we've had a couple of days to decompress from what I can remember as one of the biggest teamless Tuesday carnages that I can remember in recent times. Don't like using the word carnage too often because it does lose merit, but I think this week warrants it with just the amount of injuries that's happened. So some of them we knew were coming, we had to deal with those. Obviously, the shock news of Brian Toto really threw a lot of teams, hit them for six. We're less scrambling, lack of trades. What do we do? How do we, I guess, utilize the lack of trades that we have the most efficiently? Uh, there's plenty to dive into. I think a lot of teams are going to be underfunded this week. They're going to be fielding teams that they're not happy with. Some teams can't even field 17 at all. So if you're in a good position with trades, I feel you target this round hard. You could probably make up a fair bit of ground on the competition. Two or 300 points is huge this time of the year. Could take you from a 2,500 rank to pushing inside that top 1,000. Or if you've had a struggling year, even get you inside that top 10K. I'll make a big run for your head-to-head finals coming home. As I said, there's plenty to dissect from this round, looking into the previews. So let's get straight into the most popular buyers and sells. Very, very not surprised to see the top five sells this week all have red next to them. Ming, they're out. Brian Toto, James Fisher-Harris, Sean Johnson, Tohu Harris, Alex Johnson. The only one I would probably disagree with here is Alex Johnson. Apparently, he is only uh, a week or two away from returning, which would be fantastic for super coaches. 770k is a lot of money to free up. Um, I understand that from taking someone like a Johnson out of your side to rebuild it. Uh, but I think with Brian Toto out for probably the season, uh, James Fisher-Harris, another one that I could probably get behind holding. He's out for uh, a minimum of two weeks with quarantine, maybe three. If teams are low on trades, probably just hold them. That is my mantra, I think, for uh, trade targets this week. And, and the listening Q&A, there'll be a common theme happening where I'm much more of a fan of just holding players that are going to come back eventually um, rather than bidding a trade-off for them. So Brian Toto, I can understand getting him out. Uh, James Fisher-Harris, I think if you don't have the trades, probably just hold him. I'm sure there's other guys that you can trade out. It is interesting to note that nearly 3,000 people have traded out James Fisher-Harris uh, than they have Luke Thompson. Considering they're both out for roughly the same time, Thompson out for three weeks with the suspension, Fisher-Harris out for probably around that with quarantining and whatnot. Uh, moving further down the list, uh, you see someone like an Adam Fennell Blake at number six. I don't really get this with the news that he's back next week. So surely you're just going to hold, um, like surely out of the, I guess, Fisher-Harris, Adam Fennell Blake and Luke Thompson, if you owned all three of those, that's a gross week to be you. But you would definitely hold Adam Fennell Blake over those guys. So they're, yeah, probably the mantra behind the trades is like the fact that the guys that will be coming back in the relatively near future I would be holding those and prioritizing the guys that um, will be out for the season with trades, moving them off for the run home. Uh, looking at the most traded in, no surprise to see Josh Adokar 
at the top of the list considering just how, I guess, electrifying he has been um, on the wing for the Melbourne Storm. He is probably the best like-for-like replacement of someone like an AJ. Uh, a lot of teams are trading out Brian To'o to Josh Adokar. Two very, very different players, obviously. Uh, you're never going to expect that 20 points a game from Brian To'o, but probably doesn't quite have the ceiling that Adokar has. Uh, we know when he's on his on his game, like he scored six tries, pumped out 160 points. Like We can definitely see those kind of games from Adokar. Whether we see it this week against the Penrith Panthers, although missing a few men, definitely still defensively sound. Uh, we saw them... I guess, put on some kind of defensive effort against the Broncos last week, only considering 12 points. The Storm, however, are a very different juggernaut to the Brisbane Broncos. So, look, I like Adokar. It's probably the move I'm going to make as well, just to get those high-ceiling center wing guys in. Um, We've been pretty vocal about how that is the trend this year. Um, Going back a couple of years ago when base stats were key, it seems this year you guys like your Alex Johnsons and your Josh Adokars. They might be a huge premium. Uh, number one on the list actually was Payne Haas. We've touched on him the last couple of weeks. I, I jumped on him a month ago, and ever since then, he's gone strength to strength. People are finally just, just starting to jump on the train, and with Luke Thompson and Fisher Harris out, and even Tohu Harris to that extent, people have trades to move around, and I think Payne Haas is probably the best replacement that there is for him. Number three on the list, Jordan Rapinoe. I've been stung by Canberra Raiders fullbacks before. I look, Rapinoe looked impressive, don't get me wrong, but I just don't want to go back there. Um, considering I don't think they have the the greatest run coming home either, uh, I think it could be a, a difficult matchup for them coming home. Rapina, I, I just don't want to yeah really fall into the trap of going back down that route uh, with Jack White and back in the side as well. Who knows how that's going to affect Rapina? Uh, number three is Matt Fiege. I don't really like this trade. People are going to get the cash. I understand that, but the Dragons have, have been riddled with those suspensions from the COVID breaches. I don't know what the, the lifeline, like the lively long hood of, of Matt Fiege is going to be. Um, yeah, he's cheap. He's 173k, pumped out two good scores in his two games there, but I would probably just look elsewhere. And looking elsewhere is probably the man uh, in number six on this position, David Norfolk Luma, 429k. He has found a lick of form. Uh, Adam Dewey at 5'8". The stats don't lie. I think he averages... 30 or 40% more on his season average when Dewey is in the halves. And obviously when Dewey's firing, uh, that's going to really help the guys outside, even though Zayf and Nofalumo as well. So I didn't do a whole lot last week. Still pumped out a great score. Great signs for uh, potential owners. And someone else to mention on this list is James Tedesco. Um, I'm assuming a lot of people are trading him out for Clint Gutherson. I've been uh, letting you guys know for the last couple of weeks how horrific the Parramatta Eels draw is. And there's probably no time like the present to be trading out someone like a Gutho and bringing in Teddy, who looks to have found some form. Um, but we have seen this from Teddy this year as well. We've seen one good score and then a, a string of probably mediocre ones compared for his usual high standards. Moving into the all-important captains, where we're going to set uh, ourselves apart from the rest of the pack, trying to gain an edge moving forward. There's a couple of really juicy matchups this week, actually. I think we've been blessed with some pretty good footy. We've got the Roosters taking on the Paramount Eagles. I think that'll be a nice close game. The Tigers taking on the Warriors, another close game. The Broncos and the Cowboys at Queensland Derby. I think that's going to be a fantastic game to watch. Uh, the Dragons and the Rabbitohs may be a bit of a conclusion game. The Knights and the Raiders will be a pretty tight affair as well. Uh, Bulldogs, Titans, probably not. And the Sharks, Eagles, probably not. All eyes for me point towards Turbo. It's just so hard to go against the hot hand. Um, played a, a very, very quiet game last week. Still pumped out um, a very solid score. Not what we want from a, a captain in 2021. Uh, but in a quiet game for Turbo, we'll still take that. Uh, Fafita against the Bulldogs is very, very hard to turn down as well. If you get a captain Turbo, 
then the VC on David Fafita is written all over it. Storm of the Panthers game, despite how good the Storm are on paper and how depleted the Panthers side are, I probably can't go near this game, unfortunately. Knights and the Raiders, uh, another one of these games that may be a low-scoring affair. I don't really want to touch this. Uh, Rabbits-Dragons, another great game for Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, the likes. The Broncos-Cowboys, the only one I'd look at is Payne Haas, but in 2021, a forward is probably not the way to go. Uh, sorry, uh, like a, a front row forward is not the way to go um, for that high ceiling. Uh, Tigers-Warriors, if you own Adam Dewey, uh, definitely could be worth chucking the VC on him. And Roosters-Eels, if you're bringing in Teddy, uh, yeah, VC on Teddy all day long. There's a couple of good matchups there, but I think we're favoring towards the end of the round, definitely targeting the Titans Bulldogs game and targeting the Sharks and the Seagulls. All right, pretty short and sharp one today. Uh, not too much to talk about because it's already all been said uh, in terms of injuries and crisis and whatnot. We'll do the listening Q&A and then we'll wrap up with my trades and then let you guys be on your merry way. The first trade question comes from Elliot. He asks, trade options, Luai and AJ for Dewey and Nofo, or do we go Luai and Toto for Munster and Nofo keeping AJ? I prefer option two, man. I've been pretty honest uh, in the start of the podcast how I feel. Keeping the guys that they're going to be playing uh, is probably the, the way to go. Brett asks a pretty good question, in my opinion. Can you run Adam Dewey at fullback? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <sighs> Look, it's... For now, I would say yes until another fullback emerges. So if Pappenhausen comes back strong, if Teddy can continue the form that he showed last week, if he can string it together, if KP can hit his straps, if he somehow manages to get the goal kicking back, um, if if Reese Walsh just starts going on fire because the Warriors have a pretty good run home as well, like yeah, uh, I think you'd have to have a premium fullback to partner with Turbo and have Dewey in your, in your five eighth. But I think for now. It's, it's not a bad idea to have Dewey there as a placeholder until something works itself out, and then we can definitely go from there. Um, but I just feel come grand final time, come round 25, Adam Dewey has to be in your, in your sixth spot, and you've got to have two fullback options at a premium. And then, but in saying that though, like I think Dewey is a very, very fine, capable option to have there until something comes up. Seeing this one more and more uh, throughout the DMs, it's from Bailey Martin. He asks, out of all the supposed keepers out due to injury, who do you think is the best to sell first? And no surprises for guessing what I'm going to say. It's the guys that are going to be out for the season. So any of your keepers that are that are out for a couple of weeks, your AJs, your Fisher Harris's, your Luke Thompson's, I would hold. And your guys like your SJs, your Toes, uh, your Tohu Harris's, they're the ones that I think are prioritized. But it's all very trade dependent. If you have 10 trades, you're a psychopath and how have you managed to manage them so well. But if you have those many trades, you can probably just weave through however you want. But if you've got none like myself, then you're going to have to just bite the teeth and trade out the guys that are there. Um, going to be on the bench for the rest of the season, unfortunately. The next question, five trades left, 650k in the bank. Do I hold on to Braley and Barnett for their run home? They're the biggest weakness. 
So what, if we trade both those out, we've got three for the next five rounds, which, I mean, isn't ideal, but I guess it depends on what your goals are. If you're, like, in the top 500 spots and you're pushing to try and win it all, yeah, I'd be trading them out. If you're looking for a head-to-head -head differential, I'd probably hold Braley until Grant is fully back hitting his drives. I'm not too convinced on Reed and Marnie with the draw that Parramatta have. Um, that's probably what I'd do. Barnett's been a bit of a letdown. If you don't have to play him, um, I wouldn't just put him on the bench because uh, even even with the big minutes last week, he didn't score fantastic. I think Barnett's, out of the two of those, Barnett's probably the one that's got to go for me first. And then, in saying that Braley hasn't been fantastic, but I just think there's no other real option. Uh, I've been a big fan of Victor Radley, if you wanted to, to save some cash and go up to him at your hooker spot. But, yeah, I would probably just hold Braley until Grant comes back and then trade uh, Barnett to someone like a Madison or a, a Cam Murray when he's back or um, a Tyson Frizzell or, or whoever ticks your fancy for your 2RF. Next question comes from Life's Peachy. And they ask, only three trades left. Do I make a trade this week with six injuries in the team or do I wait a week? I think it depends on what the six injuries are. If they are guys that are coming back into the side in a couple of weeks, as I said, guys like AJ, guys like Luke Thompson, etc., etc., then probably not. I mean, can you field a squad of 17? Like, if you can field a reasonably okay 17, I think you're in a better spot than a lot of coaches this year. I think by the looks of a lot of my Discord, other Discords, I mean, um, all the social media pages, Facebook pages, groups, listening to other podcasts, it seems like a lot of the community is struggling to field 17 this week. So if you can field some kind of quality 17, probably not. If you need to just make one trade to strengthen that up, if you have like 16 good players and then someone like a Spencer Lenu or an Isaac Tago or someone like that, then I'd probably move uh, someone on that's injured to pick in a better replacement. Um, but I guess it just depends on what injuries they are. It's hard to really evaluate without so much information. What are the chances of Pat finding his pre-concussion form again this year is his confidence shot. I think everyone's just jumping the gun a little bit too much here. This was Pap's first game in, what, nine weeks, ten weeks or something like that. He's probably going to be off the eight ball a little bit, uh, a little bit slow behind everything that's happening. Just just give him two weeks to, to ease back into things. And obviously, the quality doesn't disappear overnight. People were saying the exact same thing about Ryan Madison when he was coming back from his head knock. He had a couple of weeks starting slow. People were like, oh, well, Maddo's done. He's, he's busted. Time to hang up the boots. And uh, Maddo's now one of the best 2RF options in the game. So I think the same thing with Pap. Unfortunately for Supercoach, we've only got, what, five, six rounds left until the season's done. Is that going to be enough time for Pap to get his feet back and then also be a reliable option for Classic? Or is the time running out? Just give it... Uh, a week or two, monitor the situation and go from there. G Evans, are uh, selling Hughes for Cleary worth it as a pod or as a bad shoulder? Get it, hold him back. I really hate that trade, to be honest. I really don't like the idea of bringing Cleary back in. Uh, 1.1 million injury concerns, whatever. I just don't like it. He's lost a lot of weapons around him. Um, no Isaiah Yo. No, no, not sure how long he's going to be out for. He helps Cleary massively through the middle. Obviously, Brian Toto on the wing. Uh, we've obviously got James Fisher-Harris getting to go forward. Look, I'm not going to write Cleary off, but I'm not I'm not loving the idea of bringing him back in, especially not for Jerome Hughes, not while he's still killing it. Maybe he gets rested later in the year, and if you have trades up your sleeve, then go for Cleary as a pod if he somehow plays. But, I, yeah, I really don't like that trade personally. Um, Shazza04, do you think next season will be as full of injuries as this year? 
Look, I think this has to do with the speed of the game. I think there's been reports on that as to how the speed has increased, I guess, the injury concerns. With the new six-again interpretations changing um, the speed of the game, teams didn't have a full preseason to really um, get that under their belt. Obviously, now there's very, very little stoppages in the rockets, just tackle and go, similar to touch footy. I think when teams have a full preseason to adjust to that, I think it's going to really not impact the players so much, but it's so hard to, to speculate this far out. That's going to wrap up the listening Q&A. A lot of the questions were surrounding uh, Brian Toto, what we do with him and whatnot. And, and obviously, yeah, we, we spoke on the replacements in at pretty big length. For trades myself, I've only got two left. I think Brian Toto has to come out. We have to look at the replacements. I guess we'll, we'll touch on the best replacements for that for the price bracket and anything under. Uh, and also, I think Tohu Harris has to come out as well. I understand that he isn't a huge price commodity, uh, but I still think with the upside that you can get in center wing, there's probably plenty of options to, to have. Rather than trading at someone like an SJ, I think the, the halfback depth is just not uh, fantastic compared to the other positions. Like, if we just take a look at halfback replacements, I mean, Nathan Cleary is top of the list with an average of 115. Toby Sexton, I'm not even considering. It's just too, too small of a game sample. Jerome Hughes with an average of 75.7 is probably the, the best option on the table by far. Luke Keary injured. Cherry Evans, pretty gross run home. Uh, Turbo is the focal point of that side. We saw Turbo have a quiet game and Cherry Evans take over. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to really look that way. Uh, Sam Walker, very, very hot and cold. Average of 69.8, but not too sure how reliant we can be on that. Uh, ben Hunt, another one of these guys that, that will fluctuate huge. Albert Kelly, can't touch anyone from the Broncos. Matt Burton, I think that's who I'm going to be stuck with for the run home, unfortunately, with an average of 62.3 in the centers for Penrith. That's uh, not ideal, but I think that's the, the route that I'm going to have to run. And Cody Nikarima uh, looks to be out of favor at the Warriors. So, look, out of that, Hughes and Cherry Evans are the only replacements, and they are both over 650K. Hughes being 655, Cherry Evans pushing up near 800. If we just look at, uh, I guess, the, the manly run home, it's it's not terrible, but it's not fantastic either. I mean, they've got Parramatta, who are a good defensive side. They've got Melbourne, who limit teams uh, astronomically in, in Supercoach. The Canberra Raiders, who I think could be fighting for a top eight spot, who might cause some trouble. Uh, round 24, they do have the Bulldogs, and round 25, they do have the Cowboys. But look, is it all too late by then to be picking them up after the back of two pretty hard games in Melbourne and Parramatta? I'm not so sure. After that, yeah, like I said, it's pretty smooth sailing, but there could be a challenging game in the in the, in the Raiders. For the price I'm paying for Cherry Evans, I'm, over, I'm not, I guess, hugely confident that he will provide um, fantastic output for the near 800k. I think if you're in the boat of getting a halfback, I still think you go with Jerome Hughes. They've got the Panthers this week, tough. Uh, Manly next week, less tough, but still not ideal. The Raiders, the Titans, the Parramatta Eels, and the Sharks look a very, very similar matchup to the Manly Sea Eagles. Don't get me wrong, they have very, very similar teams that overlay each other. But I just think for the extra 130k, you're saving going Hughes over Cherry Evans. I'd probably prefer that. And I'm not in a position to really spend that money on a halfback, unfortunately. So for me, I think out of my two trade options... I'm going Brian Toto out. I'm probably looking at Addo Carr in, to be honest. He's a, a very, very high ceiling center wing guy. Uh, we look at, as I said, with the matchups that Hughes has, they're the same as what they have for Addo Carr. Uh, could be some points on board. Manly do love to concede a point or two. Um, the Raiders, I think that might be a, a closer game than people expect, and the Titans definitely can leak some points to us. So I think Addo Carr could go huge in a couple of the weeks, and we have to ride the low scores where they are. Another option is obviously David Northland, as we said, 
I think the more important thing, though, is how we're going to replace Tohu Harris. And I've been pretty vocal about being on the Tyson Frizzell train. I love the Knight's draw. It's fantastic. And I think he's guaranteed to play close enough to 80 minutes every week. So I think I'm going to go, yeah, Tohu Harris out for Tyson Frizzell. Brian Toto out for Addo Carr. That's the team running home. The halves aren't great. They're Jerome Luai, Matt Burton, and Cody Walker with Esche on the, on the bench. Not ideal. Jaden Broly at hooker, not ideal. Uh, Reese Walsh is a, is a punt at fullback. He's a big pod player. I understand that. Turbo is safe there. Uh, the two RFs, I think, is the strongest point. Maddo, Crichton, Hadabir Naira. Uh, you've got Papali. I can slot down. Now I've got Frizzell, Payne Haas up top, Fisher Harris when he comes back. The forwards are definitely the strong point of that side. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I'm worried about the halves, but it's, it's what I've got to do, unfortunately. We've we've managed trades poorly this year, been punished, and that's what uh, Supercoach does throw up. Um, look, that's going to wrap up the podcast section of this. I just wanted to have a quick little chat to everyone that's still listening. I appreciate you guys immensely. The, I'll be brutally honest, the podcast didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. The numbers are there, the listens are there, fantastic. You guys have put me up near the top of the, the rankings, most of... Uh, the season, and for that, I'm I'm ever so grateful. But this podcast hasn't turned out the content that I wanted it to. I'm I'm not happy with with how the podcast is. I feel they're very rushed, very little prepared. And um, we spoke last week about how there's a, a co-host coming on um, next year, definitely, and, and we'll try and implement that at the back end of this year. I've been getting other guys in the community to come on on the Sundays just to fill in some time to give you guys some more info but I do listen to all the other podcasts and I think they're exceptional and I definitely want to mold this around them and be very much more stats driven and stuff and I just feel on my own sometimes it, it, it is tough to to do that so I, I appreciate you guys immensely and, and from the bottom of my heart thank you for listening week in week out despite it not being the quality that I want it to and, and um, for anyone that is thinking about just throwing the podcast out because it's probably not up to the standard of the other guys I totally understand it um, I just, yeah, I, I, I want to give you guys a chance to, to give it a go next year when it all sorts itself out. Um, there's some things changing in the background. I think that they're going to improve the podcast massively. Uh, definitely want to take this as far as I can and build a really good audience off the back of you guys. But I do want to give back in terms of very, very good audio content, not so much rushed um, 10, 20 minute episodes for me getting out just to, to get out content for the sake of it. Uh, but it was never what I envisioned and unfortunately that's how it's gone down. Um, there's some stuff we'll speak on in the off season that, that I can't really touch on now, but yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for, for sticking around and yeah, the plan is for this to, to get a whole lot better and a whole lot bigger for you guys, be much more interactive. And, uh, I think you'll really like where we're happening, but, uh, yeah, for now, keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's body care breakthrough, hyaluronic body serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.